In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello, and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world world. You can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org. Now, we don't only bring you thought leaders from all over the world, but we have listeners from all over the world. So, good afternoon, good evening, morning, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the series, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance and also business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. specific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry because we're on every major podcast platform from Apple to Google to Stitcher to Spotify, you can find us by just putting in Leadership Beyond Borders. And also connect with me. Send me a mail on leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com and tell me what you'd like to hear. But if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be one, Regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or for yourself. And today is really something about for your business and especially for yourself. We're going to talk about finding the high performer within. And high performers inspire us all. These driven individuals have a relentless passion for excellence, consistency, they consistently raise the bar for success. They are visionaries, they're innovators, and they're leaders who push boundaries and achieve remarkable results. But how does one become a high performer? What are the traits and skills that separate a high performer from a low or even an average performer? Our guest today has studied high performers and has identified what makes a high performer and how you can start on the path to high performance. Our guest today is Aaron Salco, and he's the founder and creator of the Ninth Stratum. And at Ninth Stratum, they teach leaders of organizations and their employees how to develop learning habits to be self-sufficient, accountable for improving their performance and realizing their full potential. Aaron is a sales management professional and with the innovative solution company, Stefan Gold. He is also the author of the book, The Ninth Stratum, Your Guide to High Performance. Aaron has demonstrated history of talent development innovation, creativity, organizational growth, and for more than two decades, he has focused on human performance in both career and life in a highly competitive entrepreneurial-based field and a global sales environment with intense concentration on exploring how the science and mechanisms of human behavior, psychology, social interaction, social physiology apply to performance. His life's desire is to help individuals 
individuals attain their highest levels of performance to achieve success in their career and find purpose and fulfillment in life. So, Aaron, welcome to the show. Kimberly, thank you so much for having me on. It's such a pleasure. So let's just start from bidding. I mean, you have a an interesting background in sales management and innovator, and you came up. How did you develop the ninth stratum? Yeah, and that's a great question to start with. Um, like many of us, we all have the desire to improve and really be the best in order to attain acknowledgement, motion, and fulfillment in career and life. And also, like many of us in leadership, we want to have the best on our team and within our mm-hmm. organization. You know, the word we many times use to describe this idea of ourselves or the people we want working for us is high performer or high performance. But that word's elusive and it's undefined. And that is what started my journey 15 years ago when somebody called me a high performer. And I was like, wow, you know, that's thank you. That's awesome. And then I began to, you know, digest what they had, what they had deemed me as a high performer. And I said, you know, Although it was great to be acknowledged, what criteria did they use to say that I'm a high performer? What am I high performing in? And, you know, who is the governing body of high performance? And I realized at that very moment that that person could have also set me up for failure in telling me that I've reached a pinnacle, that maybe Mm -hmm. I had more to go and and maybe I wasn't there yet. But yet somebody saying, hey, you're a high performer. Now I feel like I don't have to progress any further. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what began the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's kind of interesting because it's funny if you think about it. Um, we always noticed high performers, even if you go back to kids and school and things, okay? Yeah. Um, you, you just kind of know, but you never really think about why, okay? So, I right. think, yeah, and I, I mean, your book's incredible, and you kind of dove into why. So, let, let's let's just kind of talk about why the ninth, okay? Um, in your book, you kind of talk about the first and second stratums, the third and fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. So, Wow, it's kind of like a ladder to me when I read it. So how do you, how do you define those different levels? Hundred percent. And you know, when when I was creating the ninth stratum, ninth stratums of performance, you know, I always looked at grades, you know, and how grades elicited emotion. You know, if you were a C student, you know, some C students Uh are saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm good with C's," and others, you know, are like, "Oh my God, I got a C." You know, I, I, my parents are going to be so mad at me, right? And then we go into, you know, and then we go into, you know, our careers and you get these performance reviews where they're generally Likert scale. And it's like, you know, a three versus a five. And again, it's all, it's always eliciting some emotion of making people either feel good or bad. And Mm -hmm. what I, what I sought to create here was a learning scale, something different that allowed Mm -hmm. people to understand where they were in the learning of a skill and then what the next steps were to improve. And that's what the nine stratums are, you know, like, and I can go through them really quickly for you if you'd like. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So like the first stratum, it's, Hey, I, you know, I just don't even know what the skill is or I, you know, I have mm-hmm. maybe the behavior. I don't really pay attention to it in the second stratum. You know what the skill is, but you're sort of stuck in your ways or you, you've just, again, it might just be a behavior. You're, you're very unconcerned about the skill, mm-hmm. but the third stratum, that's usually when you get the feedback from a, a coworker or a manager or somebody in your family, or you see that the skill is, def- you're deficient in that skill and you need to improve. And that's the aha moment. 
So the mm-hmm. third stratum is really important. They go, oh boy, I got to get, I got to get better at this skill. Yeah. And that, which leads you to the fourth stratum. The fourth stratum is you just begin to collect the resources. You know, you go and seek, okay, who can coach me in this? What books mm-hmm. can I read? What videos can I watch? And so that's the fourth stratum. And then you move right into the fifth stratum when you begin to use those resources. So you begin to, you begin to engage the coach, you watch the videos, you're reading the books. So you're attaining knowledge in the fifth stratum. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the scariest stratum of them all, which is the sixth stratum, because that's when you have to begin to apply what you've learned. And many people mm-hmm. don't like the sixth stratum. <laughs> you yeah, know, many I, people get stuck in the fifth. <laughs> and so you, you jump into the sixth stratum and you're probably pretty messy with it. You're not great at first. And you have to realize that, you know, it's a testing phase and you need to tell other people, hey, I'm trying this out. And I'm not going to be great at it, but I'd like your feedback. And then that leads to practicing. That's the seven stratum. So you're, you're getting more consistent with it. Your confidence is raised. You're starting to get a feel for, for how to use it, when to use it. And then that takes you to the eighth stratum. When you're, you're highly proficient, mm-hmm. you're, you're more consistent than ever. And you're starting to develop your own processes for how to utilize a skill and when to utilize a skill. Yeah. And then that's what takes you to the ninth stratum. That's mm-hmm. the level of high performance. That's, and, and you know what? I, I can, teach yeah, I, I, have, I love the way you've done this with the learning. And I want to add, I want to ask you something. So you talked about that six is when you really have to start to apply. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, is that where, you know, you, you think about desire and motivation effort. I mean, is that where that really kicks in? And that's why so many people have such a hard time because I would imagine, you know, nobody can motivate us. We have to motivate ourselves. And probably at that sixth stratum is about where you say, okay, I'm going to do this or I'm just happy where I am. You you nailed it. I mean, you know, and you said the two words, the two words that we can't give anyone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know, anyone can progress, anybody can, can improve, but they need these two things, desire and effort. And that mm-hmm. is when the sixth stratum kicks in. I always say that we, you know, a lot of us these days, especially with social media, we live in that perpetual fifth stratum where we're, where we think we're learning, but we're not really truly learning because we're not applying the knowledge. We're watching all these videos, but are we really like taking the video and saying, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to apply this in real life. I'm going to take this step. And that's what the six stratum is all about. So yeah, um, you you really hit on the head there. Yeah, yeah. That's when I heard you start describing. That's what jumped in my head. Um, but what as you came up with this too, and I just want to uh, talk about you know some of the performance you've observed. Okay, mm-hmm. and you you talked in your book about studying high performance, but you also talked about studying low performance to develop develop this theory. So why why were you looking at both? Yeah, you know, like anybody who studies high performance, you know, who do you always look to? Well, you look mm-hmm. to the high performers. What, right. what, you know, how did they get there? You know, what skills did they have that other people didn't have? And, and you know, I studied the high performers within my career, within my network. I even went outside and began to study high performers that are CEOs of, of organizations, um, high performers that were executives and even project managers. And then going into like the sports athletes, you know, what did they do differently? And we came up with this list of skills that we saw that high performers exuded and low performers were deficient in, but it wasn't enough. We were like, I said, you know what, we're missing something here. 
And that's when we did, uh, we did a major pivot. And it was something that for everybody who studied high performance, you know, I believe that we did something different because I haven't seen it yet in, mm-hmm. in information that's out there. We studied the low performers because what we realized is the deficiencies are a lot more obvious when you can determine what is critical to success versus failure. And so, you know, the, the low performers taught us the most. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's really interesting. And and I want to, we, we're going to go on a break soon, but I just have one question I want to ask before the break, because we're going to come back and talk about these deficiencies and the skills after the break. But um, with this method, and I come back to that, that desire and effort, because, um, uh, you know, I've watched a lot of employees working for me over the years and, um, and I, I just wonder, as adults, okay, um, can anybody like put themselves into this mode and try to, you know, do this, or is this something that develops since we're kids? And you're, once you're a low performer, you're always a low performer. Or, or with this, with with your methodology, can anyone try to strive to be a high performer? Yeah, unequivocally, yes. Anyone can strive to be a high performer. As you said before, it takes desire and effort. So we can't give mm-hmm. those to, to anybody. But right. if you have desire and effort to improve, what we've done is create this, this framework, this pathway, this blueprint, it's been called, to mm-hmm. get you from point A to point B. And the one thing about high performance, it's a never-ending journey. Perfection yeah. Yeah. is something that will never be attained. And so yeah. That's, yeah. that is the path to high performance. Okay, good. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I want to talk about these skills and and what you've defined in both high performers and low performers um, and, you know, how we can take those skills to go on this path from from A to B. And for our listeners, we are talking with Aaron Selko, and he's the founder and creator of the Ninth Stratum. And then at Stratum 9, they teach leaders of organizations, employees, how to develop learning habits. And he is a sales management professional and innovation solution-based company, Stephen Gold. And he is the author of the new book, The Ninth Stratum, Your Guide to High Performance. Now, you can reach out to Aaron and Aaron is on Instagram under Ninth Stratum and he is on Twitter under at Ninth Stratum and the website you can probably get all the social media from the website under www.stratum-9.com and if you'd like to reach out to Aaron he is also on Facebook under Aaron Selko and he is on LinkedIn of course and please reach out to him and get the book it is available it's a fantastic read and this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing local search associations they hold virtual pieces of training conferences do market research legislative white papers on digital and local and they also have a e-learning platform for entrepreneurs and startups, which takes entrepreneurs and startups from idea to exit. And it is free if you're a founder or an entrepreneur. It is completely free. You can go to www.cinda.org under Cinda for Startups and log into the platform. And you can learn about what Cinda is offering. Their next conference is May 12th to 15th in Berlin, Germany. And with that, we are going to take a short break and we'll be right back.
Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Say It Skillfully is my radio show about being who you are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. I'll help you find the right words to tackle any challenging conversation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. You'll learn how to achieve success on your terms and be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in your life. Check out sayitskillfully.com for practical resources, including my 90-second videos, real-life examples showing you how to speak up skillfully. I invite you to call in with your questions. Join me live every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. And no, I'm cheering for you. Tune in each week for the Labenthal Report with hosts Dominic Tavella and Michael Hartzman. The Labenthal Report keeps you in tune with market conditions, investment opportunities, and outlooks based on the stories and headlines to keep you in touch with your financial success. Are you picking the right financial path? Find out by listening to The Labenthal Report live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Border. I'm Kimberly Lewis. And today we're talking about high performers and trying to find the high performer within us. And we're talking with Aaron Selko. He is the founder and creative of The Ninth Stratum. And he is also the author of the book, The Ninth Stratum, Your Guide to High Performance. And Aaron has a long history over two decades of studying high performance and low performance to find out what skills and and how he can how he can help people become high performers. So before the break, Aaron, I asked you, um, because you, what, what you did different is you, you studied uh, the skills of high performers, but you also studied the deficiencies of low performers, okay? And um, I noticed that in your book, you kind of talk about, you, ha- you have 45 performance-based skills that contribute to high performance. And obviously, if you're looking at low performance, then maybe some of those 45 are missing. But you have them in five categories. So can you kind of first touch on the categories and then maybe give an example of a skill that would be within that category? Absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, along this journey of, like, the, the, of developing this list of skills, um, you know, we, we, we compiled, like, 45 of them. We said, whoa. You know, this is a this is a huge list. This is intimidating, right? And so yeah. we had to break it down into into different categories because we did. We saw categories starting to form as we began to to compile this list. And so the categories that we broke them down into um, really cover the essence of human performance. It's, it covers the spectrum of human performance. And these categories start with mental attitude, your 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 mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Your cognitive abilities, mastery of emotions, social interactions. And the one that everybody forgets about, and even the, the highest performers sometimes out there, they, they negate this skill, personal health. Mm. And so, 
you know, breaking them down into these five categories really helped to begin to um, formulate the assessment and um, and understand what the, that that spectrum of human performance truly looked like. Mm-hmm. So uh, let, let's just talk about one or two of these categories, okay? I'm gonna I'm gonna start with. Um, mastery of emotionals because when, when you're talking about good leaders and stuff we're always talking about emo, emotional iq um this kind of things what what do you look at when you're saying um mastery of emotions when you're looking at high performers sure that's a, that's a great question so when we talk about mastering our emotions and one of the chapters of the book is understanding and management of emotions so emotions are important they, they drive our decisions they drive you know, um, how we interact with people and how people want to interact with us. And so some of the, some of the, the skills that we need to begin to work on in mastery of emotion category are skills like composure, patience, mm-hmm. self-regulation, emotional self-awareness, coachability, and, and you know, a, a big one, optimism. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is, so those, when you have a low performer, I want to go back to the deficiency on the side. Okay. So you have, you have a, you know, these are understanding and managing your emotions, um, a situation, composure and patience. I like that. So as you are studying low performance, then usually that might be that performer that kind of does not have a self-awareness or does not have composure or does not have patience and and what right. and how does that that how does that actually impact his performance when they don't yeah have i mean that? well you know i think we all know this person right yeah. we all know the person who who is great 75% of the time right? yeah and they're fun to be around they're great people and we like them but then when a stressful situation hits or um or, or something Something goes wrong. They become extremely volatile. Mm, they become, yeah. they, you know, they become emotional, right? And and you know, they lack the composure. And what does that do to people around them? Well, next yeah. time something bad happens, I'm running away from that person, right? Yeah, exactly. Or if I if I've got bad news, I'm not telling you, right? <laughs> so mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. Critical. There, you know, there's yeah, a perfect yeah. example of why this skill is critical in mastery of emotions. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I've had a few run in the corner and died. You know? so, um, yeah, exactly. Um, so let, let me come to another one. Cognitive. Okay. Because cognitive, um, you know, are people born with different cognitive abilities, and and can you increase your cognitive ability? And what do you consider under cognitive um, ability as in a high performer? Yes, it's a great question. So some of the cognitive abilities are organization, perceptiveness, mental agility, decisiveness, problem solving, critical thinking, focus, creative thinking, and visionary thinking. Mm-hmm. These are all your cognitive abilities. And these are all skills that you can learn because, you know, one of the criteria or, or the criteria that we utilized to make sure that it was a skill and not a behavior or a trait was the uh-huh. fact it could be learned, improved, mm-hmm. a, or applied and improved upon, right? Mm-hmm. So you can be taught, learned, uh, improved, and um, applied and approved upon. And so, you know, when you look at um, certain things like, um, you know, critical thinking or creative thinking, you know, how many, you know, how many of us are left brain versus right brain? And, you know, the science behind that is, it's actually, you know, we were told maybe we were left brained or we were told we were right brain, you know, cr- creative 
but the science behind that is is you know is um uh is is the fact that it's a preference mm-hmm. you know, it's a preference of how we think and we can learn how to be more left brain versus right brain perfect mm-hmm. examples you know cooking you know i cook um, you know, I, I, I picture the food on the plate before I even start with the ingredients and I throw things together and, and, and it comes out and it's like, okay, there we go. You know, my wife, she, she prefers that left brain where she's ingredient by ingredient. She sets timers, you know, and that's okay. They're both okay. But yeah. there's a perfect example of how we can lean into one versus another. Yeah, that, that's funny. That's when my husband and he's German and everything's in the list and everything is like <laughs> timers and stuff. And me, I just never read a recipe. Okay, you know, so. yeah, never. I you couldn't pay me to read a recipe. I, I grew up in the <laughs> restaurant business, by the way, so I have a little bit. Of, I have a pretty good background in cooking, but I still don't read recipes. It's a piece, exactly. Okay, um, I want to touch on the personal health last, which was the one, but just a, a quick on on mental attitude and in and, and here I think this is kind of going to our desire and our after and our positivity, what's under mental attitude? Yeah, under mentality, we have work ethic, drive, perseverance, Uh personal ownership, confidence, boldness, resourcefulness, self-discipline, curiosity, open-mindedness, altruism, and humility. That's a big big category, by the way. You couldn't tell. (laughs) You know, okay. But now, now I'm going to, I'm going to have a little query here. So these are all skills that you can taught and learn. But when I, I guess you're absolutely right on this. I struggle a little bit with humility or work effort because I mean, so many of us grow up with a past where you don't get your work ethic when you're 34 years old, you get your work ethic when you're 13. Okay. You know, so. Right. Right. So let's, let's, so let's dive in. Yeah. No, I I love, I love this question. So you're right. You know, a lot of us come from, from individual families that, you know, that maybe, you know, work was a value and you did it and, and you got to be good at work ethic. Right. But work ethic is actually a skill. My grandfather was a builder. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I learned my, I always say I learned my work ethic from him. But really, he had a process to being, um, to, to having a value to work. His process, I learned. His process was, mm-hmm. I'm going to be at work 15 minutes early before mm-hmm. the job even starts. I'm going to finish things within that job before I leave. I'm going to focus on the job when I'm in, in, you know, in, in, in the role, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we think that work ethic might be innate, but really what we saw from the people we learned it from, we saw their process. We saw mm-hmm. how they approach work and the things they do to value work and to show others that they have a high degree of work ethic. Okay. Does that make sense? Uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. It makes a lot of sense. Um, and let me jump on the, the last two social. Okay. Because when yeah. I see here the social in my brain, I think Myers Briggs. Are you extrovert, introvert, dust, dust, dust? You know, um, right. and so, so can you talk a little bit about social? Yeah, social interaction is great. So we have charisma, relatability, savvy, communication, mm-hmm. listening, finesse, social awareness, empathy, trustworthiness, empowering, engaging, likability, and networking. And they're all mm-hmm. used in order to put ourselves out there. How are we interacting with the world, right? And I love your question about introverts versus extroverts. And both introverts and extroverts, you know, know, in social scenes, 
you know, the extroverts, we gain energy from being around right. other people. The introverts, they, they sort of lose energy. They're, you know, they, 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 they their energy drains. You know, mm-hmm. I'm on that, I'm on that cusp. I, I can flex to being by myself and having a great time or, you know, mm-hmm. being around a million people and having a great time. So mm-hmm. I, I, I sort of understand both ends of it, but, you know, to really learn the process of being more savvy, to learn the mm-hmm. process of engaging, you know, mm-hmm. part of our program and the website uh, and, and the, the mobile app that's coming out at the end of April is this performance library where we have experts who teach each skill. And so like yeah. engaging is a process, you know, mm-hmm. and if you talk about somebody who's very engaging, you know, we help these experts break down their process so others can learn it. And, yeah. you know, I- I- engaging does have a process. I'm sure uh, you, as I have to read you as an, as a, as a uh, extrovert, you know, we've mm-hmm. never, we've never been in a social mm-hmm. scene together, but you're doing a podcast. I got to imagine you're somewhat of an extrovert. Yeah. Um, you know, when you walk into a room, what is your, you know, what's your mindset? You know, mm-hmm. a room of, of strangers. What's your mindset? It isn't. I'm going to go stand in the corner. No. It's probably. I'm going to look to see who's got open body language. Who yeah. am I going to to uh, to engage with first? Mm-hmm. How am I going to present myself? I'm going to smile when I walk in a room. Right. Those two right. things are part of your process. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. Uh, that that answers that question. And I mean, I the, I think this is wonderful to look at these skills and and realize that they can all be learned because I just thought about networking, especially I work with a lot of women's groups and women are tendency have a tendency to be very poor in networking. And, um, and, you know, we teach them how to network better. And so let's go to the last one, personal health, which, mm, I which I, 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 yeah, this is, this is, you know, this is so important today. So how did you get that in there as a skill? Yeah. You know, I, we see so many in, in studying this for over a decade, we see so many high performers that are, you know, they, they, yeah, it's great. They make a lot, a lot of money and they're really good at their careers. And generally they got there because they put their careers ahead of everything else. And one of those things is their health. <laughs> and it's great that you're making all this money, but you know, if you're not around enough long enough to, 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 to enjoy it, you know, what's the sense, right? Yeah. And so we also understand that, part of your personal health, why it's so critical is the level of focus you have throughout the day, the amount of energy you can put out there throughout the day. You know, there are all these things that help, um, you know, that help you be a better performer because you're focusing on personal health. And there's only five skills under personal health, personal appearance, sleep quality, purposeful nutrition, physical activity, and mental well-being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, I think it's really interesting because I've seen a kind of a fluctuation here in or- Europe with with it came after the pandemic. And I want to say before the pandemic, I think this was less focused on. And I think after the pandemic, people started to think about, aha, you know, um, I have to get better sleep. I have to get better nutrition. I have to work out, you know, um, I, I, which I think is very, very positive. We see that here with nutrition in Europe, um, that people are paying more of attention. Because if I think back 20 years ago, and you're right, the, you know, the CEO, the top of the court, you know, who probably died of a heart attack with right. two in his chair. Because, yeah, I know exactly. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I think five, great five categories and 45 skills. Um, we're going to take a break. And when I come back, I want to talk about a couple other things about consistency and traits. Okay. And then um, a little bit about your app. And uh, you, you do have a skill test on your website. You can learn about that for our listeners. But the conversation is fantastic. This really interesting. Um, but we do have to take a short break. And so for our listeners, we're talking about finding the high performer within yourself and um, this is possible with with the ninth stratum and uh, we're talking with Aaron Selko and he's the founder and creative ninth stratum and he's a also has a book out and you can get the book the ninth stratum your guide to high performance and as you hear, Aaron has been studying this um, for quite a long time and has a formula, founded a formula that can help us all. And if you'd like to find out more about that, you can go onto his website, which is stratum dash nine.com. There's also a self-assessment on there. He's also on Twitter at ninth stratum and he's on LinkedIn under Aaron Selko and on Instagram under ninth stratum. So please go to the website, all the social media is there and you can learn more about it. This broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda, one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital and local marketing search associations. And to learn more about Cinda, you can go on to www.cinda.org. And with that, we're gonna take a short break and we'll be right back. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. What's holding your business back from long-term growth? How can you accelerate the changes needed to build an adaptable platform to support transformative change? How are others optimizing business processes and systems to ensure timely decision-making through the use of data? Learn how you can minimize disruption and maximize results. Take a break with Rising, our weekly expert panel, and our host, Bonnie D. Graham, to learn how others are getting smart with technology and creating their next-gen ERP. Join us on Rising Evolution, the future-proofed enterprise, presented by Rising, a Wipro company, on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in to the Retirement Lifestyle Advocates radio program to discover exactly what to consider with your money now in light of the current economic and investing environment. Host Dennis Tubergen, a four-time best-selling author and consultant to the financial industry, analyzes the current investing climate and interviews some of the brightest minds on the planet in the fields of investing, economics, and finance. Weekly episodes of the Retirement Lifestyle Advocates radio program available at 12 p.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. 
Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Your Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking about finding the high performer within yourself. And we're talking with Aaron Selko, and he's the founder and creator of The Ninth Stratum. And he also has the author of the new book, The Ninth Stratum, Your Guide to High Performance. Um, really super discussion. We were talking, you know, um, Aaron has identified you know, 45 traits in five areas. We just talked about those before the break. And I guess, Aaron, my first question on the these skills, okay, um, when somebody starts to work on these, I mean, that's a lot of skills, 45. I mean, how many can you really work at, um, at the one time? Um, and I assume – you know, not everybody's deficient in 45 skills. They probably have one or two or three or four they have to work <laughs> yeah. on. Okay, let's hope not, okay? And, and, what, and, and what role does consistency play with this? Yeah, I love that question. So um, lot, there's a lot to unpack with this question. So yeah. there's a couple ways we do it. Um, obviously, we, we built a self-assessment, and it's broken down into five categories. And so you can go on our website, and you can take the self-assessment. Um, we're launching our fourth version of the site, at the end of uh, this month, and the mobile app should be ready by you know mid-April. But um, basically, what you can do on the site is you can take the full assessment, right? And you can find out where you are and all the skills. And then the and then our our technology, our, our our web app, begins to direct you on the skills that are most pertinent to your career that um, that you should begin to work on. And also, again. What we've also done with organizations is looking at career roles, right? There are specific skills critical to high performance in specific roles in, in organizations mm. or in any career that you that you really must be good at. Like an engineer, you know, has to have critical thinking skill as, a, as mm -hmm. he, you know, he or she must be a high, high performer in critical thinking, right? Um, you can even go to, to you know, a firefighter, you know, they have to have problem solving skills, you know, they have mm -hmm. to have confidence. Like, so here's all the things that, that you can do to really begin to work on just the skills that are critical to your role. And then mm -hmm. from there, you can begin to branch out on the skills that basically uplift all the other skills within your role. So mm -hmm. you have your, your, your ones that are critical, and then you have the ones that support them. And what we've identified are, are basically like power clusters, we call them. And so as you raise one, you actually raise a multitude of other skills just by studying that one skill and getting better at it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes that makes a lot of sense because I was thinking, you know, going on the test and then, oh my God, I have to work on forty five skills. <laughs> <laughs> that'd, but, be uh, that'd be hard. That'd be hard. Yeah. Um, and then and then as you start to work on the skills as a high performer, uh, and I'm just thinking about people that I've thought that were average performers. Um, and it, what always impressed me was the, the lack of consistency. Like they might have been yeah. really good at one time, you know, or delivered a really good deliverable. And then the next time it's not good. How important it is consistency and, and high performance? Yeah. Well, you know, when you're inconsistent, you're sort of stuck in that seventh stratum where you're <laughs> practicing. Sometimes you do it, sometimes you don't. Right. And so with with that language, you can give feedback to someone and be like, hey, we really want to get you to that eighth stratum. You know, we want to see more consistency in the application of this skill. And so cons consistency does equal trust. I mean, it's been studied mm -hmm. in marketing forever. And, you know, you could have a brand um, that, you know, that that consistently puts out a great product and, you know, you trust that when you buy that product, it's going to work or it's going to you know taste good or whatever it might be. 
consistency also works in the opposite direction. Mm. You know, you can, you can consistently be someone that, you know, flies off the handle or, or, or can't manage themselves and people are going to trust that um, you're going to act a certain way when things get, get rough. Right. So, mm-hmm. so consistency in, in how we approach life is really important. And it's also mm-hmm. you know, yeah. something we teach too. It, and it starts in the second, the second chapter is how are you showing up? You know, what mm-hmm. we talk about a lot is it doesn't really matter about your personal dress or how you look or anything like that, but it's how are you presenting yourself to the world each and every day? Are you mm-hmm. consistent in that manner? Are you, are you walking into the room a different emotion every day? And people are going, oh boy, we have no idea what's going to come from Aaron today. Or are you consistently, you know, are you, are you using methods um, to walk into rooms and understand that you, you know, that you have an impact on people and mm-hmm. that you need to smile when you walk in a room and engage people. So um, consistency is big when it comes to, you know, becoming um, someone that is valued by others and high performing in their career and life. <laughs> yeah. I, I it's, consistency for me has always been really important and you're right it, there is there is the positive and is there a negative consistency you know yeah. that somebody's not um, I, I, you know, moving a little bit away from skills um, to, to another part of your book I'd like to touch on is, is when you put all this together, okay, um, you t- you're talking about uh, nine identifiable traits of high performance that help help them identify their potential, okay? Could you, yes. could you, could you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. Um, you know, what we've seen from uh, the myriad of, of high performers out there is many of them possess um, some, all the traits, some, a few of the traits. And when you actually take the assessment, the, the software, uh, you know, sort of directs you to what traits that you might relate to the most. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we found nine and why nine? Because, well, it's around nine, right? Why not nine? Um, but we, we identified nine that were really important. The first is goal focused. Um, mm-hmm. The second is knowledge-driven. The third trait is network-driven. The fourth is experience-focused. The fifth trait was personal growth-driven. The sixth is discipline and self-evaluation. And the seventh uh, was motivated by failure. Eighth trait was altruism-motivated. And the ninth was health-focused. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we saw that these traits really um, helped individuals move the chains forward and become who they were as high performers. And, and these traits are all made up of the skills that, that, that we value, uh, which are the 45 performance-based skills. Mm-hmm. And when I look at these traits, the, the first thing that jumps into my mind is, is kind of the continuous achiever that wants to go on because it's it's if your goal for goal focused knowledge focus it doesn't network um if you're really a high performer it doesn't matter if you're 20 or you're 60 okay and i've seen 60 year olds who continuously have these traits looking for that um so are these just personal traits or career traits, soft skills? You know, uh, it just comes in my mind that yeah. it's, it's about personality. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, you know, the, the, the traits embody the performance-based skills. And just one thing to clarify, when we were developing these, these, these skills, right, this list of skills, what we had to extract from the, the, the initial huge list were the career skills. Uh-huh. Um, what, what, what we found 
was that it was not the career skills that, you know, that made the high performer who they were. It was actually the soft skills. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I hate the word soft skills because there's nothing soft about them. Right. These, are, these, these are what I coined the performance-based skills. And it was interesting because in part of our research, you know, Google, the founders of Google actually did a study just a couple of years ago where they, they took all the data for um, who they hired, promoted, uh, they, who they fired since 1998. And they created this algorithm, right? And what they found was the technical skills, the career-based skills, right, were the mm-hmm. least important indicators of success among top performers within Google. Instead, wow. the company discovered that soft skills such as communication, empathy, uh, composure played far more significant role in defining an employee's potential to advance than the hard skills um, like, uh, like, the tech- like the technical skills that you learn in college. And what mm-hmm. we realized there is, oh, my God, you know, soft skills drive performance. Mm-hmm. And they even went a step further and they looked at STEM, you know, science, technology, engineering yep. and mathematics. Those capabilities were among the least important determinants of success to be found among Google's top performers. Wow. So right there, we said, okay. And, and you know what, Kimberly, that's what separates, you know, you could have an individual that two individuals, right? They both go to the same school. They both graduate the same grades. They both had the same teachers. They both Mm -hmm. got the same job yet one outperforms the other. Why Mm -hmm. is that? The one Mm -hmm. had higher levels of understanding and application and mastery of the soft skills versus mm-hmm. the other. Yeah. And, and it's like, it's, it's, this is, this is, uh, it's profound. It's profound. Yeah. That, that, I, when you start to think about the high performers and you see the performance, you innately know that. Okay. Um, and you kind of, you do see it across the spectrum, but, uh, you know, thinking about how important it is, um, is a really important reflection on high performance. Yeah. So Aaron, we're getting okay. towards oh, the okay, end. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Kimberly, go ahead, one, go ahead. one more. I wanted to just, you know, yeah. going back to that, remember the individual <laughs> you talked about that was great 75% of the time and, yep. you know, then they flew off the handle. You know, when we look at those individuals and organizations, this is the beauty of what we've done here at Stratum Knight. You know, those individuals are not defective. They're just deficient. And so Mm -hmm. if we can teach them the process of composure, of patience, of self-management, right, we can raise their levels and make them a high performer instead of being that that toxic performer that we just Mm -hmm. talked about. So I just wanted to finish up with that. Go ahead. that's great because that's what we're getting towards the end of the show. So, um, you know, what I really like about this is it's the learning and their skills and you can bring somebody from A to B to C to Z. Okay. And so how would you recommend somebody begins with this? Okay. Cause we, we, we're almost towards the end. Um, I have a lot of listeners who are probably extremely excited. Like I am about this. Uh, how do they, how do we, how do they begin? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the first is, do they have the desire and effort? They have to do some self-reflection. But the second thing is, you know, the book is a curriculum. We 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 developed the book to 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 be very well laid out, so that it, you know, I never like being told what to do just because. <laughs> I like to give people the reason and and whys of of why I should be doing something, and that's what we did in the book. So we put the science behind it, how you use your body and your mind to improve your performance, and all these techniques that are tactical applications that you can try every day. So you start with the book. And then as you go through the book, you can go onto our website and you can take the self-assessment. And once the mobile app launches, man, I mean, we've got so many tools and resources in there, um, not only for your uh, discipline and routine and habit, 
uh, of your of, of what you do in the morning that high performers normally do like you know they get up without hitting snooze they they're probably working out in the morning they're they're eating a, a purposeful nutrition breakfast and they're doing their personal development they're staying off of social media you know and we so we've done all this stuff within our software within our applications to help individuals track how they're perceive you know per, per, um, performing and how they're improving over time. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I can tell you, I can tell our listeners, um, I did read the book. It's incredible. And um, I haven't taken the self-assessment yet, but um, I think I will do that after a little self-reflection. Okay. But uh, <laughs> um, no, I mean, a- a fantastic information. Um, absolutely great. If you have one last one sentence to say to our listeners before we close, what would that be? You know, um, we all want to improve. We all want to get better. And again, that's the self-reflection is one of the, the things that we see in a lot of people that either they do it very well, they don't do it. So, you know, take the time out, understand that where you are now is not where you have to be tomorrow. And our whole goal is to make you better than you were yesterday. Okay. And so, um, you know, it's been my desire. It's been my purpose. And, and I love doing what I'm doing and, and I'm hoping to help many more people. Great. Well, thank you, Aaron, so much for taking the time to be with us today. And uh, for our listeners, we've been talking to Aaron Salko, who is the founder and creator of the Ninth Stratum. And at Stratum 9, they teach leaders of organizations and their employees how to develop learning habits so that they can be self-sufficient, accountable to improving their own performance and realizing their full potential. Now, you can go to his website at www.stratum-9.com. And you can learn about the self-assessment and many of the things Aaron's doing. He's also on Twitter at at Ninth Stratum and on Instagram at Ninth on Ninth Stratum. You can reach out to Aaron on Facebook under Aaron Salco and also on LinkedIn under Aaron Salco. And that's Aaron and Salco is S-A-L-K-O. And so please reach out to him. And this uh podcast has also been brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing digital marketing local search associations. They hold virtual trainings, do conferences, market research, and legislative white papers focused on digital. And they also, their goal is to bring companies into Europe and open the European gateway to local search and digital companies. And they also have a platform for founders and entrepreneurs. And it is free and it takes an entrepreneur or or a founder from idea to exit through all the steps. And you can access that at www.cinda.org under Cinda for Startups. Their next conference is May 12th to 15th in Berlin, Germany. And with that, thank you all for listening. And please don't be, you know, don't forget to turn in every Tuesday, 3 p.m. And if you miss us, don't worry because we are all over the web. Until next week, thank you and thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.